Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Jesus, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. I had to like jump down and get first service, so I don't know what's going to happen this service. I'm going to have to jump down and, uh, and get you. But um, yeah, let's just, let's just pray. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are. We just welcome your presence, God, into our hearts. We welcome your presence into our minds and just um, our eyes and ears, just everything, Lord, just be attentive to you. I just bless our spirits right now to rise up and to be led by Holy Spirit. Lord, that your word would go forth. Lord, we ask for your anointing, that uh, your anointing would go forth and break yokes of bondages, Lord. I thank you, Father, that lies are coming down today, that strongholds are coming down today. I thank you, Lord, that you're releasing new and creative ideas today. I thank you that you're girding your people with truth and your truth, God, that you're girding your people with strength and courage, Lord, to pursue you and everything that you have for them, God. And we just thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, the, the message this morning is uh, called Arise and Be Called to Attention. Arise and Be Called to Attention. And uh, I would love to call it um, Avengers Assemble. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate or if there's like trademark laws or whatever, but arise and come to attention. Um, we are the body of Christ. We are the church, and God has made us um, with this time and this place in mind, and he has called us to come into the world and to bring his kingdom everywhere we go. Amen? He has created us to be a victorious bride. Amen? He's given us all the things that we need. He came down and he became sin for us. He became us on the cross and died as us on the cross. And then he rose again so that we could be resurrected with him into new life. And he tore the veil in two. And then he gave us Holy Spirit and breathed on us so that we have resurrection power living on the inside of us. Amen? And he did all that because he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. Amen. Someone say, he's got a plan and a purpose for me. He's got a big plan and a big purpose for me. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So what the enemy tries to do is he tries to come in and hoodwink us. And he tries to tell us these little lies that try to make us live these small, powerless lives where we feel like, <laughs> where we feel like we don't have access to the things that we have access to. Amen? Or, oh me. Let's take a laugh break real quick. battle positions, this is your battle position. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. It's a time to be called to attention, but it is not a serious, heavy time. 
okay? It is a time to be called into joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You don't need joy when the battle's over. You need joy in the middle of the battle. Amen. We need joy. We need joy. We need joy. It is not ever an inappropriate time to enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. Never an inappropriate time. Okay. So the thing uh, that the Lord has on my heart and has had on my heart for a few weeks now is um, to ask you this question and for you to start asking this question of Holy Spirit. And that is, what is the land that God has given to you? And what is the giant that you need to take down to fully possess and fully own the land that God has given you? And where I'm pulling that from is Numbers 13 and 14. And um, that's the passage where it talks about the children of Israel coming into um, the promised land. Okay. And uh, with, and I'm sorry, with the camera, I'm like, I'm all over the place, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Numbers chapter 13 and 14, it talks about the spies that went out to go and spy out the land. And we know that out of the 12 spies, 10 spies came back and gave a bad report and said, We can't do it. We can't take it. They even brought the giant fruit. If you've ever watched like the, uh, the old cartoons of Bible stories or like read the storybooks, you see them carrying like the giant thing of grapes. And they're like, look at this amazing fruit. And it really is a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's amazing. But we can't do it because the giants are too big and we're grasshoppers in our own sight. So it's this like horrible, torturous thing where we see the fruit. We see what could be. We see the potential. But it's like, but no, but we can't get there. And the enemy just lies to us. Okay. But then we know that there's two that came back and gave a good report. Amen. And that's Joshua and Caleb. And let's just see what they say. Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 14, 7 says, And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Someone say, they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Okay? So they came and gave the report, and they saw the same things. Yes, there's amazing fruit. Yes, all these things are amazing. But here's the thing. God isn't with the giants. God is with us. So don't fear the people because that's actually our bread. That's actually our provision. And I'm here to tell you, God is encouraging you this morning to step into the promised land, to step into the places that he's called you into because he's already given you the land. That's the truth. Amen. He's already given you the land. Someone say, he's already given me the land. <laughs> and those shouting, lying voices, that is your provision and that is your bread. That's your provision and that's your bread. I can tell you, like, so part of the birthing of this church in the first place was that I had a healing miracle in my heart. And I went through torment. I went through uh, demonic uh, oppression. I, there was times I would wake up and I could feel a demon sitting on my chest trying to choke me. I almost died. I almost went without seeing my children when they were itty-bitty. Had I gone at that point, I would not have had the two more children that we've had. And that was not a fun time. And let me tell you, the enemy was screaming in my ear at that time. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. And I didn't understand why. And I didn't know what to do. 
And I'm telling you, like, God met me there, and that very thing that was lying against me, that very thing that tried to come and attack me, take me out, take my heart out, is the very thing that the bread that I am sustained on in this season. The fact that nobody can pull away from me, the fact that I had an instant miracle in in my heart. And it doesn't matter how many people I've laid my hands on, I've seen people get healed, but let's say I lay my hand on someone and they don't get instantly healed. No one can take away from me the fact that God is still the healer, the fact that he heals today, the fact that he wants to heal. He met me when I didn't have the faith for it, and he came, and he gave me that, and I'm telling you, the giant in that land is now what I'm feasting on and is what I'm feeding to other people because God wants people to know that he still heals today. Amen. I don't know why we're going after healing all of a sudden. We didn't in the first service, but God is going after healing today. Maybe to you on the live stream, if one of you needs healing, God is here to heal you. I, I am not a person that was like, oh, I had such great faith. I did not have the faith for it, but he came and encountered me. And I just want to encourage you that he is no respecter of persons. I'm not just like, oh, he just liked me better or I just prayed hard enough or whatever. It was not like that. God just wanted to show that he's the healer. And now we all get to feast on that bread. Amen. I'm telling you, the giants in your land are actually your provision. It's just a simple change of perspective to change to the kingdom, kingdom perspective. Amen. So here is the difference between walking in the wilderness and walking in the promised land, okay? So if you guys know, know the story, the children of Israel walked around in the wilderness and it seemed really kind of pointless. I think it should have been, what, a 14-day trip or something like that. And it took them 40 years, 40 years wandering around in the wilderness, okay? The wilderness is a place of survival. The wilderness is a place of, God, I just need water. Can you just give me water? God, I just need food. Can you just give me food? And so God provides and just just what you need, just what you need to get by. That's the wilderness situation. It feels um, very powerless. You feel very dependent. And it's an awesome time. We all go through wilderness seasons where we learn that God is there for us, and that's awesome. But also over here is the promised land that he has promised to us, and this is a land that requires choice. This is a land where we build, where we create, where we dream. This is a land where we get to choose. Are we going to take the giant down or are we just going to get through the day? Because we do have a choice. And let me just tell you, I love you so much, but no one is going to drag you from the wilderness into the promised land. I wish they would, but nobody is going to drag you, okay? It was for freedom that Christ set us free, And he really values freedom and he really values choice. And the truth is, Jesus already rescued you. He already did the work, okay? He already went to the cross. He already took on all your sins. He already paid the way. He's resurrected you. You have new life. And guess what? Galatians 2.20, it's no longer you who lives, but Christ lives in you. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ lives in you. Let's just connect our faith with our oneness with Christ right now. Just close your eyes for a second and just attach your faith to the fact that Jesus Christ is fully inside of you right now and you are in him. You are one. You are one. You are one. It is no longer you who sits in that seat, but Jesus Christ sits in that seat in you. It's no longer you who lays a hand on the sick to see them recover. It is Jesus's hand in you. It is no longer I who preach, but Jesus inside of me is preaching. Hallelujah. 
It is no longer I who go and evangelize out of the streets, but it's Jesus speaking through me. It's his voice. It's his anointing. It's his goodness. It's his power. It's everything. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. He's given us so much power, so much freedom, and so much choice. And we can choose to live in the wilderness the rest of our days, and he will love us, and he will be there for us, and he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's still going to whisper wonderful things in our ear and just be present and intimacy and all that stuff. But we have a choice. We can step into what he fully intends for us, what he fully intends for us, and nobody's going to drag you there. No one's going to come and look at your life and say, hey, you are doing too much. I'm going to set boundaries for you, and I'm going to make sure you have enough time for Jesus. I'm going to make sure that you have enough time for this and that. Hey, that person isn't nice to you. I'm going to go stand up for them. You don't have to say anything and feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to come and say that thing for you, and I'm going to rescue you, and I'm going to drag you into the promised land. It's not going to happen, okay? There's there's lots of lands that God has for us. One of my lands right now is health and fitness. That's my journey, okay? I wish someone would wire my jaw shut and hide all the Oreos and get me on a treadmill, like, you know, those machines that you just attach and it just kind of like does the motion for you. I wish that that worked, but it doesn't, right? I have a choice. I can make the choices and be powerful and enter into the fullness that God has for me. He has it for me to walk in divine health. He's given me the strength and the power. I can conquer this. I can get around community that's gonna come and help me in the places that I need help. But I have a choice. Is he gonna love me over here? Yes. But I have a choice. I can enter in, right? What about that book you're supposed to write? What about that uh, YouTube channel you're supposed to start? What about that new profession you're supposed to do? What about that schooling that you're supposed to have? Okay? There's giants in the land screaming at you, but I'm telling you, it's your bread. It's your bread. Shift your perspective. Shift your perspective. Do you see giants or do you see lunch? Someone say, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> do you see a giant or do you see lunch? Okay? In this season right now in our world, there is a huge temptation in the church and everywhere else to stay in a wilderness mentality. Survival, pull out of everything, let's wait and watch and see what happens. Oh my gosh, everything's going crazy. Just pull back, just pull back, just pull, just protect, pull back and protect, pull back and protect, pull back and protect. This is not the call of God on the church. Amen. We are called to arise and shine and take our place and conquer the land and take down the giants. And this is the season for that. Amen. Arise and shine. We are not to be hidden under a basket. We're the city on a hill. Amen. Light it up, 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 light it up. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you in your place. We need you fully equipped and activated in whatever it is that God has called you to. We all need you. Um, I had a dream. Um, this was probably a couple years ago now. And in the dream, um, I saw all of these people 
um, taking these babies, and they went into this, like, it felt like a warehouse, and they would lay their baby down in a canister saying, I'm not worthy to care for this thing. I'm not worthy to nurture this. I can't do it, so I'm just going to leave this baby here. And it was happening on a massive scale, and I was even there with this little baby, and I'm going, I am not worthy of this. I don't know how to care for this. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to lay this thing down. And as I'm laying it down, suddenly the horror of reality hits me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, these babies are all, they're all alive. They're all sitting here alive. No one is coming to take care of them. No one's coming to nurture them. If I don't nurture this baby, no one else is going to. And so I go to pick the baby back up, and that's when the dream ends. And I talk to the Lord about it. I'm like, Lord, what, are, what is this dream? Like, it was like, kind of like horrifying in a way, you know, and um, and yes, there's an application with regard to abortion and stuff like that. We need abortion to end. It is not kingdom. The Bible is very clear. Um, if that's something that you um, have in your past or, or whatever, like we love you. There is no condemnation. We would love to minister to you and pray for you. Um, but that is a very clear item that is a kingdom issue that we can stand against and say, okay, this, this is not the heart of Jesus for this to continue. That's one part of the dream. The other part of the dream the Lord spoke to me, the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. So what that little baby represents for all these people is a gift or a calling that God has placed on their life, but because they believed the enemy that they are not worthy to nurture this thing, they lay it down thinking that someone else better is going to, but no one else is coming because the gift and the call is irrevocable. It still belongs to you. There's no one else that's going to step in that place and write that book that you're supposed to write. There's no one else that's going to step up in that calling and that gifting and that area or that circle of influence where you are supposed to be. Does that make sense? Okay. If you lay that thing down and pull back from it, you are not making room for someone more talented than you or more educated than you. You are making room for darkness. Because that's what happens when we see darkness. The darkness is not growing. Darkness can't grow. When this room is dark, we just flip the light on. And when we flip the light on, there's not a battle in the heavenlies for whether it's going to be light or dark in here. <laughs> when the light is shining, the darkness flees, right? So the more we step into the gifts and the calling that God has for us, the more we're going to shine the light of Christ everywhere we go and all the different facets of who he is everywhere we go. Amen? Someone say, she's speaking to me. Someone say, Holy Spirit speaking to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a perspective shift. In, in this season, there is a lot of opportunity. Um, but it takes a perspective shift to see it. Those with the most hope have the most influence. Those with the most hope have the most influence. If you are hopeless about a situation, your brain will not even look for solutions. Does that make sense? So we have to get our hopes up. We have to steward our hope. We have to watch over it and really chat, chat with the Lord about that. Amen? We need to steward our hope so that we maintain influence. When you have hope, you start seeing opportunities. You start seeing the God ideas and things like that. Um, there's, a, there's a story about a shoe company and the shoe company sends out the sales rep to this little island, you know, like in the Pacific somewhere. And they're like, here, go and see how many shoe sales you can make. So this, the sales rep gets there and they look around and to their horror, they look down like nobody has on shoes because no one wears shoes on this island. 
And they're like, oh, great, that's awesome. And so they go back to the company and they're like, I can't make any sales here because people just don't wear shoes. And they're like, okay, well, we'll give you another territory or whatever. And then this other sales rep, they're like, how about you go out there? This other sales rep goes out there, starts making thousands and thousands and thousands of sales. And they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's so successful. We need to bring him back. Like, what's the secret of your success? And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, I got there and I was just amazed. He's like, nobody there owned shoes yet. So it's just like, oh my gosh, so we made tons of sales because it's just a simple perspective shift, right? There is so many problems that need solving right now. And the more we have our hopes up, the more we're going to get the God ideas to solve this, those things. Instead of looking with horror at what's happening and like every day being shocked over and over. And, oh, there's more bad news today. Oh, really? There's more bad news today. It's like sometimes you just like don't be shocked anymore. You know, don't be shocked. Like that's traumatizing to get shocked every day. Just like, okay, I, I, I'm not going to get shocked. I'm going to go and get in the presence of God and I'm going to bring an umbrella because it's raining every day. Does that make sense? Okay. It's raining every day. In certain areas of life, it's going to be raining every day. If you turn on the news, it's going to be raining every day because bad news sells anyways. Amen. So just get in the presence of God and bring your umbrella and you get to decide uh, what happens in your life and whether you get rained on or not. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I lost my train of thought. Where was I? Shoes, change your perspective. There's lots of opportunity in this season. Um, there's lots of opportunity when we look and we say, oh my gosh, massive amounts of people are pulling out of this field over here. Massive amounts of people are pulling out of this field over here. Oh my gosh, people are pulling their kids out of schools. Da, 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 da. What are we going to do? Da, 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 da. When stuff like that's happening, there is massive opportunity for God-sized solutions that will be even better than what was there before if we have our eyes open looking for the hope. Amen. There's, there's, you know, a, an attack happening where it's like they, they want to bring curriculum that is straight up perversion and, you know, teach it to our children and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, there is God ideas. There's God-sized curriculum, things that need to be put in the schools and stuff like that. There's God creative ideas like alternatives and different things like that. There is so much opportunity right now if we recognize that uh, God has hope. Amen. Someone say, God has hope. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should. By the way, I'm holding my Bible like this is something that the Lord has kind of put on my heart lately. It's not like a legalistic law thing or whatever, but I've been really enjoying just like holding my Bible to study. There's something about it being on my phone. Number one, someone told me that there was malware on the Bible app, and I was like, no. So I deleted that. But, uh, but there's something about reading the Bible on my phone where it's like right next to all the distractions and all the things that are trying to vie for my attention or whatever. There's something I just enjoy about this. But um, we really need to um, get and stay in the word of God. Amen. Amen. Um, I had a dream um, about a year ago um, that there was a big line of people in a field and it felt like there were prophetic people and stuff and they were in a line and there was this giant white door like taller than this building and people were in a line and they went around the door to get to a cash register to buy things that would equip them and the prophetic and things that would equip them in life and self-help and stuff like that. And I, I was in the line and I'm like, I already have a book. I don't know why I'm in this line. So I ended up leaving the line. Um, and then I woke up and the Lord was speaking to me that there's um, lots of people that are 
um, lined up. They want to get equipped, but they're going around the door of Jesus instead of through the door of Jesus. Amen? So everything that we do, our focus, our attention, everything is going to be in the Word of God. This is the book that we need, and uh, it's all about Him, and we need to go through that door. Amen? Through the door of Jesus. So if you haven't already um, realized it, we are in a time of war. We're in a time and a season of war, and I don't say that in a way of like, oh, be afraid. It's a time of war. It's not. It's not something to be fearful, and it's not something to be heavy. This is something we war from a place of joy. We war from a place of hope. We war from a place of love, and that is our war. Number one, first and foremost, we need to war towards love. Someone say war towards love. War towards love. War towards love. Right now in the atmosphere, how many, would you, uh, how many of you would agree that uh, you can pick up on a spirit of offense in the air? Just like kind of everywhere. There's lots of temptations to get offended. And the way I, I see it is like I have these picker trees outside my house. I don't know why they even exist. Why do people plant these trees in front of their house? Do you guys have those trees where it's like little barbs, and if you just get close to them, they just grab you and like dig into your skin. You're just like, oh, why? I'm getting attacked. Um, so that's what I think of when I think of offense. It tries to grab onto you with these little barbs, and they really do hurt it really does hurt. I'm not trying to um, lessen the fact that there are real hurts and real pains, but in this season, we have to war towards love. We have to break off that spirit of offense. We have to go in quickly, have the brave conversations, have the reconciliations. We have to forgive quickly in this season because what the enemy is trying to do is like stir up the church to start biting each other in this season, rather than full force going after the enemy and warring the way we need to from a place of love. Amen? Huge, huge, huge important. Someone say, we're warring for love. All right. This war is a war that you are born for and that you have grace for. You were called to live in such time as this. Amen? Everyone talks about unprecedented times and all that stuff. You are an unprecedented person. <laughs> you are a new creation in Christ. He did not put you here by accident. You were born for this. You were made for this. Amen? And the war isn't as scary as you think, okay? These giants are smoke and mirrors. They are smoke and mirrors. They are lies. Victory's coming. <laughs> Amen. Victory's here. Amen. Jesus is victory. You were born for this. Yeah, when we see David and Bathsheba, 2 Samuel 11, verse 2, uh, it says, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace, and then that's when he saw Bathsheba. And we all know what happened. It was not good. It was adulterous, okay? But what you need to understand about this story, there's a key thing missing. Um, if you go back one verse and read the context of what was happening, it kind of sheds some light on some things. Second Samuel 11, verse 1 says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, someone say, when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. David remained in Jerusalem. Where was he supposed to be? 
He was supposed to be at the battle. He was supposed to be in the war. That's where he was called to be. That's where he was meant to be. That's where he was graced to be, right? You have a grace and a calling to be in the war and to be in the battle, okay? Sometimes we get so concerned. It's like, oh, you know, stay away from Bathshebas of the world. Stay away from temptations and stuff like that. But the truth is, is that if we are on duty and our purpose and fullness of what God has called us to, we are not going to be tempted in those areas. God has placed something inside of us where we are craving adventure, where we're craving the things that we're called to do, amen? When you step into them, you're gonna step into fullness of joy. I'm telling you, there's joy in this season, amen? Someone say, there's joy in this season for me. <laughs> joy in this season for me. All right, so what are we gonna do in this season? We're gonna preach the gospel. Somebody say, preach the gospel. And Caleb said, amen. <laughs> We're gonna preach the gospel, okay? Uh, we really have to awaken and equip the church to preach the gospel. Some might not even know what the gospel is. Um, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, preaching about what he did, the fullness of what he paid for, um, our sins uh, dying on the cross, that we have newness of life in him, and more than anything, he wants relationship with us. We need to um, have uh, some sense of how to preach that gospel. It is the power. It is the power when you preach the gospel, the anointing comes and the Holy Spirit falls on people that you're preaching to. Amen. Preach the gospel. <laughs> also, uh, we need to steward our atmosphere. Steward our atmosphere. Um, I have a rule with myself. Um, I, this is how I say it, but I do not scroll until I stroll with Jesus. In this season especially, we have to steward our focus and our attention and our atmosphere, okay? Um, what I used to do is I'd wake up in the morning, I pick up my phone, and I see all the calendar appointments and all the different things or whatever, and then look at that, there's notifications for XYZ social media, and then next thing you know, I'm seeing bad news, and all this stuff is trying to set my life up, my set my day up, right? And now I'm gonna be living in reaction to the darkness that I see, instead of having Jesus come in and set that atmosphere for me so that everywhere I go, I am now a thermostat where I can pour out in those places. Amen? Steward your atmosphere. Steward your atmosphere. Yep, so I don't scroll until I stroll with Jesus. What that means is until I have some time talking to Jesus, until I eat breakfast, and until I move my body, I do not scroll. Okay? <laughs> and it's Awesome, let me tell you, it has made a huge difference um, for my peace of mind and for me being able to steward my focus, okay? Um, steward your mental and emotional capacity. There is only so many things that we have the ability to care about. There's only so many things that we have the ability to get involved with. So really pray and ask Holy Spirit, what is my assignment? What are you calling me to focus on? And really stay in that lane, okay? Focus is huge, huge, huge important, okay? Especially when it comes to marriage and family and children. Don't let your emotional energy be zapped to where you get around your kids and now you're just like checking out, right? That's like part of what the enemy is trying to do is to get us to check out on our kids. And this is the season where we really need to pour into our kids. We really need to get a hold of their hearts. We really need to think relationally when it comes to our kids versus, you know, like I need to make sure that you accomplish this and that, whatever. We need to grab hold of their hearts in this season. Amen. 
Steward your focus so that you can be present. Um, steward God's, God's presence in, in their lives and in your homes. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, just checking in with Holy Spirit real quick. Um, so uh, what I want to sort of close with is um, this encounter that I had um, because I feel like it's a prophetic word um, for us and in this season and probably across the body of Christ as well. Um, but something that I've been praying into recently is um, I've just, I love the IHOP uh, model. You guys uh, know IHOP, International House of Prayer versus Pancakes. I like the pancakes too, but trying not to eat carbs right now as much. But uh, International House of Prayer, I love um, how they have 24-7 worship. Um, I love that like at any given moment, you can like walk into the prayer house and it's like, it doesn't matter if there's five people or 200. It's just like, you just come and just enter into the presence and they're, you know, I would love to go and just lead worship and there's, there's no set list. You just pray and prophesy and sing and just the Psalms and you just go for it. And I'm just like, oh, I just love that. Now, obviously, that takes lots of people um, to be able to do something like that here. And so it's just like as, as the Lord leads for um, a season in the future, I would love to see that happen here. Um, but I've been praying into that like, Lord, it would just be awesome to have more times available for prayer, maybe during the day or whatever, if people just want to come down. I've been coming on a Thursday and just like praise and worship just by myself and just praying in the sanctuary and stuff. And I'm like, how, you know, maybe we should open this up and have more times of prayer. But for me, one of my biggest prayers that I pray a lot of the time, because we have so much going on is, um, Lord, show me what you're breathing on because I don't want to spin my wheels doing stuff that I just think is a good idea. Like, I don't need to strive for stuff. Lord, what are you doing in this season? And so um, it was like the next day and I'm in my kitchen and I'm just doing dishes and all of a sudden I look down and this thing is like coming at my foot, like attacking me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is it? I'm like, daddy, daddy, like come help. Cause like, I don't do bugs. I don't kill them, squish them, blah. like, yuck, I don't like it. I just let him take care of that for me. And, um, and I look down, and I'm like, wait, 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 because he was about to get it. And I'm like, wait, just, just like put it in a jar real quick. I'm like, let me look at this thing. And sure enough, we put it in a jar, and it is a praying mantis. And I'm going, like, all the prophetic people are like, oh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> it's a praying mantis. And, uh, man, this thing was bold. This thing was fearless. It was like coming at me. It's not like hiding in a corner or whatever. It was like coming to get me, all right? And uh, uh, mantis happens to mean prophet. So I got attacked by a praying prophet. <laughs> so this is the season for the praying prophets to get bold and aggressive, to be on the offensive. We're not on the defensive. This is a time to uh, advance forward, amen, in the things of prayer and the things that God is showing us to prophesy and declare over our world, over our nation, over the things that we're called to steward, over our lane, over Arizona, over Phoenix, amen. And uh, I just thank the Lord that he's confirming through his word. I started talking to him 
him about it, and he's just like, yeah, there is a special grace right now um, for uh, more seasons of prayer, but very focused prophetic prayer and declarations. And so um, I just wanted to share that with you because that's something that we're entering into as a church, first and foremost in our own lives, um, personally, our secret place time with Jesus, um, and then as families and with our children, and then with our church and with our community and opening up more time. So be watching for that. We're going to be opening up more times. The goal of this is not like, let's see how many people we can get in this building. Da, da, da. It's really not about that. It's just like, we just want to open up opportunities and times for more prayer to be happening. Go and prayer walk your neighborhood. It is so powerful. Um, be led by the Lord in the things like we are, we have access to so much and God is calling us to a very strategic time of prayer. Um, don't dismiss how big it is when you go with faith and start praying and prophesying over your sphere of influence and over our, our city, our state, and our nation. Amen. So arise, praying prophets. <laughs> How many of you are going to answer the call of the praying prophets in this season? Hallelujah. So let's all just stand to our feet. And uh, God's good. Amen. Um, again, this prayer assignment, all of it, it is not heavy. It is to be done in joy, and God is not even correcting. It's, he's not like saying, oh, you don't pray enough. That's not the thing at all. He's like, I am giving you the grace in this season for added prayer, and he's going to be breathing on it. There's going to be refreshment in it. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so with that, I never want to um, leave a service without giving people the opportunity to receive Christ. And so um, for those on, online and who knows what future date from now, we just want to give them an opportunity. So um, if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, it is so simple. If you are hearing this right now and you've not given your heart to Jesus, he is pursuing you. He loves you. He has loved you from the foundation of the world. He knew you. He knew every hair on your head. He knew that you would be watching this broadcast right now or any of you in the room that would like to rededicate your heart to Jesus. It's so, so simple. Um, just turn your life to Christ and he'll meet you right where you're at. Let's just pray together. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for your blood that washed away all of my sins. I receive your free gift of righteousness and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. It's so simple. Point your life towards Christ. Walk in relationship with him, and he is so faithful. Amen. Amen.